I regret that I do not have a squeakier door. I think that <laughs> there's really... no squeak to the. Uh, okay. Oh, here, have some blanket. Thank you, thank you, and welcome all to the uh, first ever episode of Two Clowns in a Closet. I assure you, there are two of us here, and uh, we're in a closet. Um, yes. Yes, and it's very, very cold, and it is very, very small. And we are very excited to uh, read some questions. Yes. Who should go first? Uh, well, I was going to explain the questions first. Oh, well, our friend sent us questions. <laughs> we asked the internet for questions, and they said, we have questions for you. But I was going to... I had a whole thing. It's gone now. You read the first question, because it's gone. Okay. okay. It's gone. I'll go. All right. I'll go. Wait. Before you go, mm-hmm. I want you to know that you have a lovely speaking voice. I'm so excited for everyone to get to hear it. Thank you. All right. So do you. Thank you. One more thing. I really liked the way you sound checked earlier. It made me laugh. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Of course, now you're referencing things that our audience will never hear. I hope not. There was some very untoward commentary during those sound checks. Well, you Okay. Know. You ready? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to get right after okay, it. Okay, I will get right after it. Start reading the right questions. Now. Okay. All right. Who are you? Wait. And what are you making me wait for? I wasn't listening. That's not it's the question. such an in- You wanted me to start. You said start. It's true, but I wanted to be prepared to take in what you had to say. I'm sitting here with a, a pile of questions. Yes. It's time for us to begin. Are you prepared to receive the questions? Yes. Will you be starting now? Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Go first. So our Go first ahead. question Didn't on our first Real card. Quick, I am really sorry. I noticed that I tend to interrupt a lot, and I just wanted to apologize for that before we went any further. No, really? I hadn't noticed. You're sarcastic. Has anyone ever told you that? Yes. Okay. I prefer the term facetious. Facetious. Have you ever considered the term contrary? Not particularly. Are you being contrary? Perhaps. (laughs) Ooh. Perhaps. (laughs) And now, without further ado, friends... Our first question. Our first question is, who are you and how did you get into my closet? Okay, obviously that's for me because it's my closet we're recording in, so I will start again. Let me get out my reading glasses because I Well, if it's for you, you should answer the question. No, it's who are you and how did you get into my closet? See, some of it is about theatrical emphasis. I think you're making a lot of assumptions. Okay, you're right. I don't know who wrote that. I don't... I don't know who wrote it. I don't know why they wrote it, but I'm going to go, okay, I'll try again. Who are you, and how did you get into what has clearly been established as my closet? Well, my name is Avalon Woodard. I am a member of the Circus Freaks. I am part of this brand new podcast, Two Clowns in a Closet. And so I am here. In your closet, sitting on a cushion, 
uh, with a blanket on because it's too cold and talking to you about whatever questions uh, people have asked us. I think it's also relevant, however, to ask you well, who here. you are. Well, here, read the question and put a little, put a little mustard on it. I'm ready. I can take it. Who are you and how did you get into my closet? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just sitting here. <laughs> he couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. I was weak. Um, my name is Russ. I am the director of the Circus Freaks, founder of the company. Uh, allegedly, I am a clown and clown teacher. Uh, allegedly. Well, the facts are also true, but they have been alleged. Well, there you go. There you have it. And uh, I am also sitting here in this closet because uh, some of my very dear friends on the internet suggested that we do a podcast. I yes. thought this was ridiculous. I said, what are we going to do? Lock two clowns in a closet and not let them come out till they answer questions? And everyone stopped and said, yes, that's that's precisely what you should do. And here we are. Yes, we've, we've uh, put a microphone in a closet and now we're here. We've done it. So we've, we've lucked out by stacking the deck and um, cheating and lying and previewing all the questions and have given ourselves a wonderful introduction. Yes. So shall we plow forward? I believe we shall, yes. All right, let's plow forward. Next question. That one's knocked out. Done. All right. Thank you for the question that set up the entire podcast. This next question. This is perhaps the shortest question we received. I'd like to point out that I really appreciated that you hand copied these so we don't, because we are very easily distractible people. Yes. No, if we'd have been in here with a screen we'd be and done. a microphone, we'd be done. This would be over. It would be, it'd be done. But we have index cards that have been handwritten in beautiful ink by you because my handwriting looks like my grandmother's wish that I would be a doctor. And mine looks like I'm someone who is pretentiously using a fountain pen. You're earnestly using a fountain pen. I find that upsetting. What was the question? We're supposed to answer the question. So the question is, mm-hmm. why? Why what? There was no further explanation. It was just, well, hang on, look me, at this. It's just, it's just, just why? why. Well, well, why then? Um, why? You've already said why. We were, yeah, we can't use the podcast as a podcast. Yeah, why? I mean, why in a closet? Uh, for for sound quality. Is that why? I just thought it'd be funny to lock us up somewhere. I didn't realize that'd be an. No, ology. podcasts all over the world are done in closets because there's a lot of fabric hanging and it dampens the sound and ends up making this really smooth tone with a lot without without a lot of echo and reverb. I just got. A mental image of so many celebrities sitting amongst their sweaters earnestly recording podcasts and I got very happy. Oh, it's it's definitely true for, for many of them. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So that's your that's your why in the closet. Uh, I, I should mm-hmm. do a why. You should do a why. Why? Uh, how about uh, why this closet? That's a very good Ooh, question. Why this, cl- why this one? Well, your closet was colder. My closet is colder and smaller. The other closets are stuffed full of crap. True. So much circus crap. Crap. Which is a techni- I'm sorry, I should I should break this down. A crap is an industry term meaning a lot of miscellaneous things. For example, get this crap out of here, we're trying to work. It's a common 
common theater. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah, that's a common theater phrase. Heard that refer to uh, refer- referring to us. Yeah. On more than one occasion. Your crap, get out. Yeah, yeah. we hear that a lot. Um, but this this closet was was far enough away from the world, and uh, also I once getting in here realizing that it is it is my costume closet, and that I am currently surrounded by about ten years of my. Of, of my characters and my performances. There are hats from shows I've done and many, many, many pairs of shoes. Uh, it's equally intimidating and it's also, it's, it's kind of reassuring all at the same time, which is an upsetting mix for a place I call home. There are a lot of stripes in here. So many. I didn't realize I wore this many stripes. You're right. Oh yeah, your your clown is very prone to stripes. That's true. That's true. Well, shall we? Do, shall I read the next question since you read that one? Yeah, that I'll, sounds okay. That makes all sense. right. All right. Moving on. I think that was a good question. It's very open. Yes. Ooh, this is a good one. What is the history and point of the clown makeup and also red noses? I think we can both. Yeah, we can speak to this. Um, well, what's interesting about this is that when I perform, I don't I don't wear makeup. Yeah, you don't wear any makeup. I and, do. You do, and so you should. But why don't we split it? You take, you take. Okay, one I'll part. take the makeup. You take the noses. Okay, and I, I, I think it's worth pointing out. I don't wear makeup not because I have a hang-up about makeup, but when I was in clown school, uh, there was a section, of course, every day where we were working on developing a character makeup, at least a, at least a starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every day I would sit there and I put some on, and they would come by and they would tell me, "Too much." I was like, "Okay, I'll take some of it off." They go, "Take some off." And this went on for about a week. And I was so frustrated that one day about, I don't know, about a week into this, I was I was so frustrated. I was just sitting in the chair. Everyone is frantically doing their makeup. And I just did nothing. I just sat in the chair. And one of the instructors walked up to me, who is a, a dear friend and a, a very well-known clown, walked up to me and said, hey, that's looking good. And so I said, I'm, I'm not wearing anything. And they went, ah, 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 and they walked away. And they never explained why that was good for me or why they were, what it was about. But ever since then, every time I've tried to wear makeup, it doesn't work. So I don't wear makeup. But you do. I do. And you should talk about what is the, what is it, the history the and history point. history and point, point of the clown makeup. Yes. And um, this, I'm, I'm going to give the, the history as it has been told to me. I will admit I have not thoroughly fact-checked this. Um, I would like to point out that we are two clowns locked in a closet without an internet connection. I don't think anyone's going to really bust us on getting our facts yeah, we right. have, we have Just, not just done roll like you know stuff. Okay. Roll like you know stuff. Okay. So the history of makeup uh, in, pertaining to clowns, largely it comes down to clowns perform in many cases, from a significant distance. Uh, If you've got uh, particularly circus clowns in a large tent show, you are very far away from your audience. And in order to be seen, and in order to have expressions be seen, you really, really have to heighten the lines on your face, um, which isn't really any different than how makeup is used for everything ever. Um, you're highlighting whatever 
features of your face you want to be seen and minimizing any features of your face that you don't want to be seen. So you follow the lines of your face so that things like smiles, frowns, uh, confusion are all very easy to read from a very far distance. Um, because being aware that, that that's where the stereotypical clown makeup comes from, you have to be really careful if you are working in smaller spaces to tone it down. Because I very rarely have what people would consider a, a full makeup on, but I, but I do take elements of the classic full um, clown makeup and I tone it down so that it is not... Um, honestly threatening or or frightening because grease paint can be a lot if it's on heavy and you're up too close it's not meant to be seen that way so um so i have a fairly toned down look for most of my work unless i'm working at a distance and i know i'm going to be working at a distance then i'll tone it back up well that's fantastic yeah I think that's a great answer. Yeah, you bet. We've got noses. Oh, noses. noses. Right, right, right. This is going to be your, your so, part of so this. So my, my makeup experience, as I said, was, was, pretty, was pretty short because I, I tried and tried and tried, and I, it just never, it never sat on my face. It always looked like it was floating on my face. And the thing you said about you highlight what's there, yep. I think because I have dark eyebrows and an expressive face, all I was ever doing was covering up what was there. And I think that's what really that was about. And that gives me an interesting segue. So in addition to clown, one of the passions I have in theater is mask. And, and very recently, uh, right before the, the reasons we were locked inside, this, this terrible time, um, we got to go study some mask theater real earnestly, really in depth. And uh, it, really, it really woke me up to it. And I started doing a lot of, a lot of research. And... I think it's funny because I come at a lot of things backwards. I, I come at them the hardest way possible. I decide, you know, to, to just pick the wrong end of something and run at it. And I started working. It sounds very clown. It sounds very clown. It is. It is. But um, I decided to go and study clown first and then finding out uh, if you look at like the physical theater schools like like Jacques Lecoq and, and other things like that, uh, you're going to find that the mask starts off as the full neutral mask, then becomes the character, then becomes the half mask like Comedia or trance mask, Mm -hmm. and then eventually shrinks down until the only thing you have is the clown nose, which is the mask that reveals the most. And and most of what clown is really about is revealing humanity. Yeah. And so I ended up, uh, at first I used a glue on nose and I hated that. I just, the glue went up my nose and it was awful. And I got to talking to a fantastic mask maker uh, by the name of Stanley Sherman. And Stanley uh, both makes masks and teaches masks. And I was emailing back and forth with him and calling him occasionally. And he teaches uh, clown nose and mask making. It's something like he has a class on how to make a clown nose. If you're in New York, I urge you, track down Stanley Sherman, go and do this. But we were talking, and one time I was at a show. And due to a long series of events, I ended up backstage before a show with a new prop, which was a kazumpet, which is a kazoo with a trumpet bell on it. And I photographed it. It is pretty. 
I photographed it. I put it online as a joke. And he messaged me. He said, I love it. I want one. And I said, would you trade me a nose for it? And I was like completely convinced he would be like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. And he said, yeah. And I was like, well, and so we did we did a, a circus clown art trade. And he sent me I had to have my my face life cast. And he made me this beautifully made mat, uh, nose. I also simultaneously made one on my own. And what I find is I wear the one I started out wearing his quite a bit. I now wear the one I made on my own quite a bit more. But I love the nose he made. And I wear you wear both. I, yeah, I wear them pretty interchangeably. So. Um, so for my, my his, that's my personal history of nose is that I, I do wear a handmade nose, uh, made it very traditionally and I'm very interested in mask making. And then what I think about the philosophy of it, what I think about the history, the, history from the greater history the and the, history. the point, that's the word. If I had just looked down at the paper, what is the point you idiot? I would have said to myself, the point is this. On one hand, it's this mask that reveals everything, but also I have found if I'm at a festival or an event and I'm wearing a red nose, it's like a big sign. It says, hey, I'm ready to play. And if I'm ready to play, people say, yes, I will, I will play with you. And if they're not interested, they say, no, thank you, and they wander off. And it's this amazing, clear symbol of that pure, innocent, idiotic idea. And it has never failed. It Very quickly, people will just run towards you. And, and, and even if they're not interested in being very... Uh, deeply involved, they'll give you that moment and go, okay, what have you got? They'll yeah. give, they, they step back and it's magic. They become an audience. And so I think one of the points of the clown nose is it signals passers-by that you are you're requesting an audience. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the word I would use. It's yeah. an, an invitation. And that's and that's how I would characterize that. So I say it's both the, it's both the symbol and we train with it. Mm-hmm. And it's also this this sort of like like warning light to other people, caution, caution professional, clown. yeah, professionally stupid person. The other thing I'll say is when you look at the traditions of mask, mm-hmm. it takes on a few more layers because that is sort of where the sleeping clown lives. Yes, and then you wake them up and they go play, and then you put them back to sleep where they won't hurt anybody on your day off. And I think that's that's fantastic. So it has. Yeah, that, I love that. I love that thought process about it. That's something I believe in. Uh, mm-hmm. More than more than I admit, so I think that answers That's, this question yeah. pretty soundly. Thank you for uh, for a lovely question. I think that one was really nice. That that one helped. So moving on, do you want to read one? Yeah, I think it's right. my turn. Okay. okay, here you go. Okay. Oh goodness, this is a big one. Oh, um, do you want me to read it? No, I got it. Other words you don't know. Well, you you made it sound like it was a big. I'm worried. No, it's just it's just a, there, there's a lot to this question. That's all. A lot of words. Go just sound it out. I've, I've, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> you got this. I believe in I've you. I've got this. I believe in you. I'm glad. I'm pretty sure you're real. <laughs> I should hope I am. You're just as real as I am. I know you're real. You hold me in the air. Thank and you. And I don't die. And you're welcome. Um, so, the question here. Oh, right. We were answering questions. I, I just got so comfortable. There's a question. The question is... How do you keep the plates spinning, so to speak, in the current climate? Tell about training, pandemic, people reaching out and being stuck in. They also commented, that might be a whole episode there. Okay, so 
It can't be a whole episode. We've already answered other people's questions. I just want to I want to stop and, and thank my friends for understanding that we're not very good at this and that they provided like circus metaphors for us to cling to and suggestions on how to achieve our goals. It's beautiful. It could be an episode. Like, oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate that. No, I do. I do really appreciate I do. I'm that. I'm being very earnest. Yes. Uh, the question is also a biggie. Um, so shall we talk about... I think I want to kind of go backwards through this. Backwards through this. And the to reason... Being, being, being for context. In first? Yeah, I think for context, it's important. Maybe we'll, we'll go back and forth, but... Okay. We... It was the March of 2020, so we're coming up on a very difficult anniversary. Yep. Um, we were we were on course to have a pretty phenomenal year, a very busy, very busy doing the work that we love doing. Yeah. And we were at an event, our, and we kind of knew it was going to be the last one for what we thought, like everyone, would be a little bit. Yep. And it was, I think, the desire for that to be a good one something I'm so grateful for is that that last event was so good that I felt like, okay, if things have to stop for a minute, that's, that's a good way to stop. That'll keep me going. And having no idea how much that was, that was true. Yeah. We had a wonderful last event. That was really, people were great. And I think they were feeling it too. They were, everyone was feeling it because it hadn't gotten to where we are yet. At which point about a week later, we started getting the inevitable phone calls, uh, which were, events being just disappearing. We watched our entire year completely disappear. Um, everything that we had built up, everything we had worked towards just stopped. And, and I'm not saying anything the world doesn't know, and I don't want to dwell on that part, but I think it's it's interesting, whereas a lot of people, I don't know what people's impressions are, but we stopped full stop and kind of went, well, we'll wait for a moment. And then that just kind of stretched on until, you know, we are still officially not taking it. We're doing online projects. We're doing video projects. We're recording audio for you. But we're not out in the world because we know it's not safe. And even less for us, for, for our audiences. The idea that we would endanger an audience is a very, I mean, I can't work that way. It's yeah. an upsetting idea. And so... The context of all of this, which I think is a very cool question. Yeah. I want to start by saying, please understand that where we're coming from is that our our circus troupe, our, our clown theater troupe, went, all right, uni- unilaterally, unanimously, with great love, we have to stop. Yep. And we have to hold it out. And in fact, we went, I had a friend of mine. Uh, contact us, our friends from uh, Wild Rumpus Circus. Yeah. And they asked us to film a about a month or two into all of this. They asked us to film a little parade. And it was it, what they were going to do is they were going to they usually do a youth parade, and that obviously needed to be canceled. And they they wanted to get clips of all of their clown and circus friends doing little you know crosses across the screen. Yeah. And they were going to edit that together into a parade with some music. And so we contrived an idea, and we went, okay, we can get dressed and we can run out back. No one will know. It's an alleyway. We'll run out there and we'll do our thing and then we'll send them the video. And it'll be great. And we did and it was it was great fun. Um, in the less than an hour we were there, we drew a rather significant crowd yeah, for an alley. it was a small number of people who showed up and so somehow, mysteriously. They all materialized. And at that moment, we knew our greatest superpower is bringing people together and making them feel good. And it was the 
wrongest of time for that. Yeah. And so that kind of, I think that's the clarifier. Whenever, whenever I think, well, what happens if we go do something like, you know, people ask us, well, can you do something a little bit distant? And we go, the parade. And we know. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's like this. To, but... I wish we had a nicer, a more grim term. I go, but the parade. No, the parade. The parade. So that's, that was our, that was our entrance in. And we had to, we had to make some decisions on how we were going to spend our suddenly copious free time. Well, and and we had been hosting a uh, a gym. I was teaching. You were teaching. Um, yeah. And so we had both both classes in sort of an open skills space, play space, uh, where we were training. Right. We we were part of a, a circus residency program, and in exchange for my teaching uh, clown theater classes. We had we had access to the facilities to train circus skills, which had become something of an interest to us. Yeah. And so suddenly, without that, we were we were either going to stop training completely, which is very tempting when you realize <laughs> you are not young and your body is sore and you're crammed in a closet. Uh, but also, <laughs> oh no, oh no, is this going to endanger everything? No, the first whinge of the night. It's fine. <laughs> but but also but also yeah, we said okay. Um, normally, we have a crowd of people watch us and cheer us on, and, and we'll, who who we have to be there to unlock the door for and and lock it, the door after they leave. So uh, we might so as we well have to be there. So we might as well we might as well train. Yeah, we're like we have to train. And so yeah, we decided you, it was your idea. Yeah, I think it was my idea. I, so I knew that without, so we didn't know how long this was going to go, right? Like it's yeah, don't worry nobody about that. knew. Um, but I knew that without the designated time the schedule the schedule and not just the schedule but the <laughs> the expectation that we would be there the having made a promise that we would be there without that i knew enough about myself to know that it was going to be very very difficult for um me to practice on a regular basis because every time I've ever said oh yeah no I'll practice tomorrow at some point it doesn't happen it doesn't happen more importantly I also happen to know that you are a praise hungry egomaniac as I as I as I am as as, as most performers are. right and so the threat of an audience and I remember that first night <laughs> nobody showed up we haven't explained what we did yet well I'm gonna loop back to it okay time has no meaning so I, I'm allowed to loop around okay that's all fine. right that's fine so we turned on a video chat. I see I did. Um, and nobody showed up that first night. But the no. threat that someone might enter the room we didn't know anybody made us really good at our job. And we knew, ooh, if we do this, we'll actually do our job. We'll actually maintain what we're working towards. And that became the very next time somebody showed up. Yep. Someone showed up the second time. And then people started joining us. And that became what we now host online three nights a week, which is Circus in Place. And getting into the greater, the, the, the missioniness of it beyond our own workout, what we created was a really simple space. We created a space. We said, hey, come watch us if you want. Hang out with us if you want. If you've got projects you're doing, doing that. I'm not trying to record a commercial here. That's not my goal. But the goal is just to make a space where people felt comfortable with the simplest of rules. If somebody asked you to change the subject, Change the subject. Full stop. Yeah, and that and that was all it took. And check with people before getting yeah. grim. Yeah, leave. Yeah, do. leave the real world out, and let's just have a nice time. And that was kind of the edict. And it became such a lovely space. And we we built a little, 
I, I would say a little community. Yeah, definitely. Um, has has emerged out of that, and they are they are the people I am probably closest. I sp- certainly spend the most time with them. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, so outside of outside of those of us in this apartment. Right. And so we had this video chat, and that became this thing we were doing to pass the time. I knew it was fun, and then it finally happened. Somebody in the middle of the night showed up and was having a really terrible night. And they they were like, hey, I'm having a rough time. Can I just be here? And we said, absolutely. And we started talking to them, even though their camera was off, their mic was off. And we just, we kept them company. We just, we just, like we're doing right now. We just, we just yeah, assumed just they're in the room. The room. Yeah. And at the end of the night, they said, that they had been under a quarantine and that was being lifted and we helped them get through the last night of that and we knew. We knew there was this value in this mission of just providing presence for people, a place for people if they wanted to be. Where there were other people. Yeah, as simple as that. It's no greater mission. And then it allowed us to also focus on our goal, which was to see what we could do about upping our game, our okay. training regimen, which raised this interesting question, which was... If we didn't have to, you know, swim home. Yeah, we'd have to save something for the swim back. And and because at the end, when we were in the residency program, we would have to go in, open the place, prep the place, teach the class, do our work, clean up, go home. Well, there was about... And then unpack. And then unpack. And put everything away. And and then then we'll shower and fall asleep. And then the question came, what if those four of those hours that were travel and doing and set up and clean up were more training. What if you could focus, and if you fell on the floor because the pain or the, the, the hard job you were trying oh, to do. Yeah, your muscles were now exhausted. Yeah, I mean, not injuriously, but if you if you pushed your limits a little far and you fell down, you just had to weep, and that was okay. What would it be like? And the answer is... We got a lot further, a lot faster than became, I ever expected. Yeah, it became... It became this well, the answer was we became much better at our job than we were while we were doing it, and we were already pretty good, I dare say. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's so that's that was what was happening with the bulk of our time with regards to like what did we do instead of public events and what would yep. we do with our time. Additionally, behind the scenes stuff, um, we are currently I mentioned masks, one of my one of your passions as yeah. well. well we're, uh, working we're, those together. we're working on a collection of masks. Uh, theater masks, and the goal of those is to both be able to potentially perform with them and to teach workshops with them. So we're we're building we're building them right now. We're finishing them and putting them in a box and not spending a lot of time with them, so they're fresh to us when we can go into that theater process. So that's a much that's a very long term. It's a very long term one, and we were we were planning on doing that already. Um, but then we suddenly started, had free time. Yeah, we'd started actually working on on making some masks, and we'd already. Um, made some face forms and done some of the the basic prep stuff, yeah. and we had we had a couple of masks on the table already that we were working on. When everything started to shut down, and there was this moment when we knew, when we realized uh, that they were going to shut down the craft stores, and so the very <laughs> last day we could, we just flew to the craft store and ran through it and grabbed everything we needed and got like we're still working from those supplies yeah a because year we later. like bought out all of the paper mache paste and <laughs> all like twice the amount of paint we would ever need and just and that's kept us very that's kept us very busy 
yeah, it's worked. It's worked really well. Additionally, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very open. We are very quietly writing a show. Yep. That is a slow, and I have to say this to anyone who gets excited, that is a painfully slow process that we've been at. We've had, we had a, the seed of an idea appear to us over the summer, and we sort of wrote the outline, and we got very deeply into it, and we started getting very excited about it, and then we hit those pain points that happen in any creative process, and since we have the time, we said, okay, we'll slow down on it. But we, we have... Stopped, did some research. And now we're young. Yeah. Back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited because... It means on the far side of all of this, in addition to new skills and addition to new props, in addition to this, we're actually working towards a, a, a greater creative idea. So there is, there is in the future, going to be a, a show that I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about. I don't want to say too much, but I want to say that we're working on it yeah, because yeah. this is actually the first time I've mentioned it to anyone outside of the people involved in the project. Yep. I have not said it to anyone, so I'm very excited about that. So yeah, wow, that that was like a, a confession. Secret, yeah. Behind the scenes. Secret, secret. So, so let's see what 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 all they have to say. Uh, training, pandemic, people, people. reaching out and oh. being stuck in. You know what my favorite thing to do? I give everybody this piece of advice. It's worth mentioning that uh, before before we got trapped in the house, I had already made the decision to leave a lot of mainstream social media. It wasn't good for my mental health. Uh, I'm still detoxifying from that, and it's been several years uh i recommend i'm not going to tell you to go digitally vegan but i will tell you that it helped me a lot to rethink how i spend my time on the internet one of the things i did was i took my address book and i went through it randomly and i would just send a few emails a few texts just hey how you doing and i think that shocked enough people into giving me real conversations that i hadn't had in years just because i think people are like what do you mean how, you know, what, what do you mean? Not what's up in a text, but, but like an actual letter. What do you mean? And then I noticed other people were doing this too. I have other friends who are, you know, some of them are writing letters. My handwriting is atrocious. Uh, but they're doing that. And I, I really found that I reconnected to some people that I'd, I had uh, I'd sort of lost touch with. And that was, that was really nice. Not a, you know, not a lot, but a few that mattered. Yeah. I, I've, I've definitely done some of the same because um, I lost... I didn't completely lose touch with too many people when I cut out a significant amount of mainstream social media from my life as well. Um, but I, I have been making more of a conscious effort to, to keep in touch with people. And I think other people are doing a lot of that as well. Sure. Um, we also started to get into some silliness, which has been great fun, of uh, sticker exchanges. Sil- oh, the stickers. Okay. Stickers. First commercial of the night because it's free. I'm going to do it. <laughs> if you go to our website, you will see a page that says stickers. And if you go there, it's not for sale. We give free stickers to anyone who asks. And we came up with the idea to do this because we have a, a little glyph that we're fond of. And we, we thought, oh, we'll print some stickers of these. And it turned out to be such a fun thing to send them around and see people would send us an envelope of stickers. We started doing sticker trades. Yeah, because we'd been doing a couple of sticker trades with, before with other, that with some other But people. these were ours. Yes, and then we made some. It was amazing. And, and it changed everything. So now I'm very deeply, I'm deeply invested, not because I want to put my stickers on things, but I love the idea that like I'm giving something, someone's giving me something, and then sometimes when I make a pack of stickers, I throw extras in there because, I, ooh, and I know who sent me every sticker because I keep the, the notes and the envelopes, and I'm like, ooh, 
And it's just, it's fun, stupid silliness. And I think there's not enough of that in the world. I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's enough playfulness. And this is the thing I could, I could go very far on. You have to find ways. The plate I spin hardest is looking for ways to play with no benefit other than the play itself. And this was one of those ways that I could share that. I think what I've been looking for with the, with the video chats, with the stickers, with everything, is ways to share that idea, just something playful. Yeah. Because we need it so badly. Yeah. I think, I think we might have covered everything. I think we might have. That definitely classifies on the reaching out. Reaching out. Uh, and being stuck in. Oh, also we asked people to give us questions. That was reaching out. We did, and they, they did. They did. We will probably by no means get through all of them before we run out of gas. I feel good for a few more. Yeah, I think, I think I'm good for a couple more. Um, and then we'll, you know, maybe we'll do another, but, another round. Yeah, yeah. Because so I'd like to get through everybody's, but, but I don't think it's happening. No. Happening today. Okay. What, what, what's our next one? What do we our got? next one. We needed the, it was time. It was time to move on. Yes. Thank you for the lovely question. Here's another one coming to you. What kind of clowning is a closet most suited to? What did you always want to do in a closet as a clown? Wow. That's, Things I did not expect to get. You know, you know what I love about these is that there's a part of me that's the little, the little funny bastard. And the funny bastard wants to say sarcastic, silly things about how there's not enough space to have fun because that's a wordy way to say things. Yeah. And I have to get those out of the way sometimes in my brain. Do you have this? Oh, definitely. So what's your sarcastic one? Um, what kind of clowning you want to do in a closet? I don't actually have a sarcastic one of this because 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 of the level to which I don't know because I don't want to be in a closet I want to come out of one. <laughs> ah. Well, no, but listen, uh, feel free to come out of the closet. I mean, the microphone's running; it's your dime. People already know who I am. I'm not worried about it. I didn't think you were. I was like, <laughs> secrets? What secrets do you have? I don't have any secrets. Ah! But what would you what, what would we do? address the question? Yes, the question. What sort of clowning is best? Is a closet best suited? Most for? suited Most to. Most suited to. And what did you always wanted to do in a closet as a clown? Well, I definitely don't have an always wanted to. Okay, that was new. Um, so best suited. What do you think is best suited to? I feel like that answer is prop gags. <laughs> Prop comedy, because you could just keep pulling things. Huh. Uh, they could. It, I think. I think a closet, particularly good hammer space. Okay, you have that's a that's an industry term you're going to be forced to define. Okay, that's valid. Um, I don't actually know where hammer space comes from, as a term, but it is the concept of. You've, you've never watched a, any, any it's, animation? It's an animation they... concept. Yeah, it's a, it's a concept from animation where you just you move your hand off screen and now you come back and you have a giant rubber mallet in your hand. Hence, and hammer thus, space. Thus hammer Look space. at you defining terms. So good at this. So, so. So. Hammer space. The idea of just being able to reach in. To this infinitely filled room. And come back out with whatever is comedically suited for the moment. Well, uh, 
that seems like that would be fun. Doors are fun oh, for that kind of thing. Doors are magic. I had, when I was training, at one point I was told to slow down. And I was told to slow down right before, because it was going really fast. We were exploring a room. And I took a really long time to walk through a door. And I realized the door is this magical, you know, we always, we, we forget what we were doing when we walked through a doorway. Oh, yeah. But doors are magic. The ways you walk through them, there, there are these... I, I do not want to say the word liminal spaces, but they totally are. I don't want to say that. But I want to say, I want to say that they're, they're really magical because they transform even, even from this closet to the next room. We are in a unique space now, and so there's, there's magic there. So, yeah, I would want to play with that. The other thing I think about, I mentioned earlier, I'm surrounded by my characters. Being able to play dress-up with all of these costume pieces. There are suits. There are pajamas there are over yeah vests and shirts and shoes i could become so many people ones i already know there's there's a fairly large list of people i know in this room but then there are also who who might i if i was trapped in here come up with and that could be really interesting i think one of the things i love about masks in the same way is like i don't know who i'm going to come up with i want to be thrown in a situation where i don't know and so that that is the immediate appeal is I would start looking around at all of these things and maybe not necessarily from a prop comedy place, but from a really earnest place of going, oh, well, if this and this go together, does that make something new or does it not? And is that something fine? The other thing I think about is there's this wonderful quote. I was teaching at a theater festival. You were assisting me. Uh, I was at a theater festival a while back and I met up. I'm going to say hello to a friend. Uh, I met up with another uh, theater teacher and clown teacher named Ben Soda. And Ben's, Ben's amazing. Yeah, Ben's great. Ben runs a wonderful program. And uh, we were talking. He ended up taking my workshop. And he had so many nice things to say. But one of the things he said to me, uh, we were walking around and there was this massive sprawling, it was like an activity room, ballroom. Just room. giant, like an aircraft hangar of a space. That they went, this is your classroom. And I was like, wow. And he said to me, he says, the clown expands to fill the space provided. And it seemed like such an invitation. And we played so big in that room when we did. And I realized when I'm in an intimate little theater, we talked about the makeup earlier, you scale it back. Yep. When I'm in a gigantic space, I become loud and large. And my, I'm, you're putting your energy out there on these big levels to try to, to, try to fill them, to yeah. try to make something where there is nothing. And I, I, I love that idea. And I think about here in this tiny little room with nothing but this this microphone that is sort of an avatar for so many friends. Yes. That it's very intimate. And I, I love that, that that can happen, that we can shrink everything down small. So one of the types of clowning I think I might be doing a little bit right now is really trying to make that space. To make, again, I want to make a nice place for people to be. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's one of those things. And yeah, I want to put on silly shoes and run around like an idiot. I'm not going to lie. I love both. <laughs> both are very good. Uh, so clown, clowns in closets, question answered. I think we can sync yes, that one successfully. Uh, my turn. Oh, it is your turn. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cards for you. All right. What have we got? Hmm? What is the best new gag <gasps> clowning has come up with in the past 10 years? 10 years? Ten years. Ten years? The past decade. Nothing. There is nothing new. No, there's nothing new. Oh, oh, I love this. This is such a great question because the I, I just got done reading a book uh, of of theater and clowns and comedy skits from the 20s. And before that, I'd read a book uh, 
of stuff from like the 1800s and it contained the, the same, same jokes. Yeah. One of my teachers used to joke, he would do a joke and he would turn around and he says, you know, Aristotle wrote that or Socrates wrote that. And we'd all go, oh yes, yes, Socrates. We, and we knew what he was saying. None of this material was new. None of it, none of it's new because the best material, the material that really works is universal. It's universal, but it's also unique. Oh, what a trap. Because uh, one of the things that I've been told many times from many teachers is some variant of the idea of don't copy, steal. Make it yours. Which is to, to take an idea and do your version of it. Sure. Um, and your version of it is unlikely to be, like, I say make it unique, I mean make it honest and true to you. Because you can't, it's not going to be unique. Can you give me an example from your own body of work? From my own body of work, can I give you an example? I preface this and say I know you're you're a baby at this work. Yeah, I don't have trying. a whole lot that but, I have. But what you have is good. What I, I like what I have. So um, give me an example of something that you you made yours. That I made. The tiniest that moment. I made mine. As small as a closet, if you will. I'm trying to think of something that I know for a fact I have seen somewhere else that I have done. Um, <laughs> Cause I know some of yours. Well don't, no, you can't use mine. But I'm trying to think of some yeah, of mine. This is you. Um, let's see. That one. Just just say it. We'll figure it out. Well, for one thing, one of my one of mine is is I do a cover song. So you have a, you have a clown cover a, song. Yes. Um I do a Diabolo or Diablo uh piece while singing the song When I'm Gone which is originally from Pitch Perfect. Um, I know the act. You stole that. And, yeah, so um, that one, I I go back and forth on feeling like whether or not I stole it. The song, no question. I mean, like, the, there's no question that the lyrics and the tune to the song Oh, yeah, you're a Literally thief. belong to somebody else. You're a terrible person. Go on. Um, but... The clapping and cup game. Sure. Is one that pre existed the song mm -hmm. and is one that I played in my childhood. You're very, I've seen you do, you taught it to me. And I, I'm bad at it. You're very we, good at we it. We did a, a, like, increase the speed as time goes on, and, and I can do it pretty fast. Shocking. Um, fast. Because I was a child who was obsessive. So I learned how to do it very fast. But so when I first heard the song, I learned it very quickly because I already knew how to do that cup rhythm. Sure. And then I had an interaction with some kids who came up actually to one of the early versions of our gym uh, where we had cordoned off an area for people to practice circus skills 
and the public could come and watch. The public could come and watch, and, and these kids came right up to right up to the, the barrier. They were so well behaved. I, I remember lots of kids would do it. We would put up a like a, a rope barrier on the stanchions. Yeah. And they would sit with their toes. If you measured a, wa- a line down from that rope, their toes would be on the line. On the line, no question. But they question. would always be able, because they knew it, they would be told to go if they weren't there, and they always behaved. So they were, they were so very great. respectful, yes. and they were adorable. And I started talking with some of these kids, and one of the things I love to do is encourage children to enjoy the things that they like doing and the things that they're good at doing. Um, and so I asked them whether there was what they liked to do what what things they liked to do and one and in in the way groups of children will uh, one of them was volunteered she didn't volunteer she was volunteered uh, as a person who could sing and while that made her initially uncomfortable, I, I was, I tried to be very chill about it and not pressure her into anything, but I said, you know, maybe we could sing something together if you would like to do that. And, and she agreed. And so we tried to figure out something that we would both know. And I realized that this song was very popular, but uh, we were at a circus gym, essentially, and there wasn't any any cups around because there was plenty of water bottles but no cups and uh, I realized that a Diabolo is essentially two bowls uh, the back to back so so it has a flat cup like surface Mm -hmm. and so I grabbed a Diabolo that I had and brought it over to where the kids were and I said, tell me if you know this one. And I started playing the rhythm. And she said that she did. And then we both sang the song together, which was a ton of fun. And then I realized that after, after that moment, which was a beautiful moment in and of itself, I realized that with a loop pedal and a microphone, I could set that up using that tool and then spin Diablo and do my tricks and do do yeah. some of the quote unquote skill work um, and sing the song and do a performance on it. And All so, at the same time. And so I built that. And and there is a version of that in our videos that I, I love because it, there's one thing that I really enjoyed from the story. And we've gone back and forth about this. Yes. Um, we had a, a performer with us for a while who was a percussionist as, amongst many other skills. Yep. And I said, why don't you do it together? And there's video of you and that performer doing that with a live drummer with a microphone. And that I, was good fun. It was so good. I like the live I like the live performers, the loop pedal. It's hilarious to watch you figure it all out. But the going back to the seed that you stole, which was from your own experience of a, a playful moment with a child and to recapture that. And the thing you did on stage in front of so many people is so exciting to me. So that's probably remains my favorite, my favorite version of that performance because it it has that. It has has that. that. And I, and I love that. And that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, So that, that is taking somebody else's work Mm -hmm. 
and and making it your own. Bringing bringing myself to it to and uh, changing it to be representative of who I am and what I do. That's beautiful. And I think that you'll find you, the thing you will find over and over again is everybody's everybody steals from everybody else. So one everybody does. one of my favorite stories and and people who have followed us on on the on the internet have seen probably small allusions to this. There has been an ongoing saga in my life about the world's oldest joke. And uh, I'm actually terrible at telling jokes. It's not a thing I'm good at. Um, being one, arguably, I'm better at. But I think I, I just don't. I don't have that timing. That really clever, yeah, sharp the pacing is all wrong when you try. You, to you, do it, joke. Thank you for beating me to death on this. I was I was doing it myself. I didn't need your help. <laughs> it but happens to be true. It does. I, I was say? being very earnest. Here's the thing: the oldest joke known recorded is actually from Proverbs of ancient Sumer. It's on a. It's on an ancient tablet. It is thousands of years old, and it's a fart joke. And one of my long-standing goals is to get a photo. I have the cuneiform. I have references in books, but a photograph of the original tablet because I want to put it over my desk as a reminder that no, long, no matter how long we've been doing this job, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many things change in the world, it's not that complicated a job. Fart jokes are funny. Fart jokes are funny. And what's interesting about it is it's universal. We all we all have this. But there's something else about fart jokes. When I first started in this work, I found them vulgar and disgusting. That's true. In fairness, they are vulgar and disgusting. Yes. But there's this weird unpacking that happens. So you have to go, why are you so ew about it? And on one hand, maybe am I just... You know, I have mentors that love these kind of jokes. Am I just trying to be the opposite of them? Am I deciding I'm better than that? I was trying to figure it out. And I was talking to a lot of people about this while working my way through it. And a lot of parents told me that at about age seven, their kids decided one day out of nowhere, farts were hilarious. About that age. I mean, it varies a little. But it seemed to be pretty consistent. And I started doing some research. And I was doing research on trauma processing. And trauma processing, it landed, and I realized, when you're a baby, keeping control of all the things that make noises down there is, like, really traumatic, serious stuff that you cry about. Yes. And after a certain point, you get control over it, but there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of, there's a lot of worry. And some number of years later, Finally, you can laugh about it. And it's a release of something other than that. And other than that, it's the release of that tension. And once I understood that, I, it clicked for me. I had had a couple bouts of terrible food poisoning just a few years before I started studying clown. And I was having a lot of very serious stomach problems for the year before I got into this work. And in the course of figuring it out, I realized about the time I started thinking they were hilarious and meaningful and funny, was about that same window of time. And so I guess I'm a child is part of this. But also, everyone's looking for new, new, new. I'm not saying old is good and new is bad. I'm saying there are very human, simple, fundamental truths. One of my teachers was very fond of saying, you know, we're born hungry and sadly we'll die hungry. But it feels so good to fill up in between. 
It's the simplest idea of humanity. It's that. And that's the stuff that I think works. And I think looking for the new joke or the clever joke is, is valid. I mean, that's, that's comedy. We're always trying to write something new. But in the end, the stuff that really works, if you break it down, slipping on a banana peel. You know, it's schadenfreude, falling down a well. It's really funny if it happens to somebody else. And that's tragic, and I don't like that type of humor particularly, but I understand the mechanics of it, and mm-hmm. I can find a way to apply it in a way that isn't punching down, that isn't punching at people. And then it becomes really lovely to see what comes out of that because it has such a broad impact. I do a lot of work, especially at the beginning of my, uh, my performing career, I did a lot of work silently as a mime. And so you're, you're working, and there were people who didn't speak the language I spoke. And you learn, oh, there are very human things that transcend language, and those are the things that really excite me because they're, they're fundamentally the most human. And so that's what I think as far as, like, what technology of joke, what new thing, remembering that is the, is the new thing. Rem- being reminded of that is the new thing. Being reminded we're human, doubly so in a world where we are so progressively more and more disconnected from each other. I say, let's, let's reconnect and laugh about the fact that we're human, the fact that we're all here. How great is that? I love that. Yeah. 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 Question answered. Yeah, I think that answers the question. Yeah. All right. Your turn. My turn. What do we got? Oh, are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> Have you considered frogs? Yes. Good. Would you like to expound at all? No? Just yes, you've considered them and? Uh, I have considered them. And? They are amphibious. Therefore, this is a toughie because it didn't really have much to do with it. True. They're amphibious. They're amphibious. Okay, well, you can, well, you should ask me the same question. Yes, yeah, so, so have you considered frogs? I have. And? And beyond their amphibious nature, um, I am a human Muppet. <laughs> and therefore, I love the Muppets. And I love, uh, I love all of the Muppets, and I love Jim Henson. And I'm silly that way, and I like old Muppets the best. And there was, and I love that Jim Henson never gave this type of speech, but at one point, Kermit the Frog gave a TED Talk. And Kermit, Kermit the Frog gave a TED Kermit talk. the Frog. You didn't know this. Kermit the Frog gave a TED talk. I'll put it on your watching list. Okay. Educate. I need to see this. Yeah, we'll have to track this down. But Kermit the Frog gave a TED talk, and in this TED talk is discussed the conspiracy of craziness where we're willing to listen to a talking frog. Okay. What does Kermit have to say about that? Not important. You've missed the gag. You've missed the magic of it all. You're already in the game saying, yes, I agree. I'm listening. What does the talking frog have to say? You've missed the fact that the frog is a piece of felt on the hand of a puppeteer. And that, to me, was the magic of this statement. The conspiracy of craziness is like the clown knows. Oh, I see it. I know that means I'm the audience. Yes, I would like to play that game. What is the game going to be about? What is the story going to be? What is the play going to be? I love that. I love that we are we're in a world where we can agree to use our imagination. It's the, it's the entrance point to imagination. When it wakes up and it goes, oh, yeah. And you're already three steps down the road. 
because you've already accepted the children will do this. Like they're, they'll suspend their they'll su- suspend their disbelief completely until you do something incongruous with that. And then when we see that, we hate that. When you burst that bubble of internal consistency, they will come for you. That is true. They will. So will smart adults, thankfully, remind us when we've missed something important. So I love that idea. So I have I considered frogs? Yes, philosophically speaking, I have. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think frogs should be considered. Frogs should be. And Kermit especially so. I, I revere Kermit. I have a statue of a golden Kermit in my room. Just on the other side of this door. True story. I, I saw it coming in. Yes, you saw you it do. coming in. You I do. do have a golden Kermit. I do. It was a gift from someone who cared about me very deeply. Um, and uh, they went on a long adventure to find it. And... When it when it arrived, it was it was so great, and it has been staring at me ever since. And I had it because it made me laugh. And years later, years later, I have this conversation with you, and I saw it on the way in. And it's the only reason why a meditative philosophical frog, when I get this silly little question, the only reason it comes to mind is because of that. So I'm very grateful both for the question. And for the silly little thing that lets our minds work that way, that lets us play the conspiracy of craziness. I'm not such a big fan of that term, crazy. No. Because no, because clown has a lot of, we, we rub right up against the edge of a lot of, a lot of ism. Uh, yes. And I, I'm not, I'm never wanting to punch down. And I always, I always tell people, I say, if you, if you need to punch at something, punch at me. It's better than punching down. Uh, I'd rather take the hit, but we do, and I think it's. I think ultimately it's because people are afraid of, of otherness of any kind, and so they they mock it. They hope it's dumb, and from what I have experienced, most other, is anything but. Well, and and on on that, I mean, like even there, you you used an ableist phrase. Did I? Yes. I try not to. Yes. Well, dumb is one. It's true. You're right. You're and right, th- and I'm th- sorry. Th- we, we run into a lot of that because... The highest compliment in this work, I'll be sitting... I sat in a workshop with, like, top performers from around the world, and the teacher laughed and said, that's really stupid. Yep. And stood up applauding. And we were told that was, that was really stupid, and it was a good thing. I did get one perspective on that I really liked, as long as we're in this murky yeah. area. Um, one of my fantastic teachers... She is the father of my clown in many ways. Uh, she said to me so many, so many useful things, but she said to me the word silly comes from the word silly, which means sacred. And there's something really special about the power of a little silliness. And I love, I love that. I love the idea that we can, we can remember that. And I, I have to temper it because I do I do care very deeply about wanting to to do better. I've seen some I've seen examples of people who are entertainers who don't treat people well, mm-hmm. who don't think about their actions. And I'm not I'm not trashing on anyone in particular. This is that's not my goal. But I, I wanna be mindful. I wanna I wanna care. And so I'm always looking for it. I also have to know that ultimately we're a bunch of we're a bunch of idiots in baggy pants making fart jokes, calling ourselves idiots. At some point, we're going to get it wrong. At which point you say you're sorry. And 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 particularly when it comes to. To 
using terms like stupid and idiot and uh and all that the clown is is and i mean this in tempo is slow the clown moves slowly the clown thinks slowly the clown thinks in a different pattern than to is what than what is expected that's their magic that's what they do and that is the that is a lot of what is often the same thing that has historically gotten many of those same labels there's a reason we're using them and it is never to be disrespectful to anyone I, I hope it goes down in history that we got to have that conversation. You got to say those things because I asked you earlier, have you considered frogs? And you got to that. Because all I have at this point are quotes from people smarter than me. You just, you said it. It said. It said. You know what? It said. It said. All right. Well, do you think we're done? I think, I think we should take a break and we'll come back for some more questions. But if nothing else, I need some tea. We need tea because it's still very cold here. Thank you for listening. This has been Two Clowns in a Closet who are about to be released on on Best Behavior to come back and record many more questions. Uh, You can find us on the internet at circusfreaks.org where you probably found this file to listen to. Uh, If you're interested in our, uh, our sticker project or... You have a question you want us to answer, or you want to maybe show up at our our virtual our gym, our circus in place event. Shoot us a shoot us a message through the website, mm-hmm. and you can or you through can, email or through email. Well, I assume the email that would lead to that. There is a contact us part of the website. You are so good. I don't know why I even try. You're so good at it. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can get in touch with us. There are also There's... coloring pages. We're burying the lead. It's true, there are coloring pages. And videos of you doing the thing and the singing and everything, which are fantastic. And there are videos of you doing things, yeah. which are which are great. Which are questionable and great. They yes. are great. They are questionable and great. I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. We'll see you next time. Bye. I'm going to open the door. <laughs> did, hold, did we hold. actually get locked? I think we may have actually gotten locked in the closet. <laughs> All right. One more try. One, two, three. Ah! You okay? I'm fine.